listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Gospel of the Lord. So we have two places in the Gospels where Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray. One is in Luke, and that's the passage we just had here from Luke 11, uh, where Jesus gives parts of the Lord's Prayer. And then we also have it in Matthew. And, And Matthew's version is the one we're more familiar with, the one that's closer to what we say. And so um, I am going to talk today about the Lord's Prayer, but I'm going to speak about the one we're comfortable with, the one we're familiar with, I should say, the one we know versus the, the segments that we got today. But before I dive into the Lord's Prayer, I'd like to address the, the parable that Jesus tells later in the text, where he says that, you know, imagine you have a friend, uh, you go to a friend at midnight because another friend has come to your house and you don't have anything to set before them. You have no food to give them. And Pastor Randy's been teaching about honor, shame during the in-between time during our pastor chats. And this is an honor, shame thing. You have a friend come to visit you and you have no food to give them, that's a shame issue, right? That's a serious faux pas. And so you go next door and you bang on your friend's door and you say, hey, hey, I need some help. Give me three loaves of bread. 
I got a, a buddy came by and I don't have anything to give him. I need three loaves of bread. And from inside, the person says, go home. I'm not getting out of bed. You go home. I, no, ne- never mind. And then Jesus says, if he won't get out of bed because he's your friend, at least he'll get out of bed because you're persistent. You won't quit. You keep banging on the door, banging on the door. I need some bread. And finally, the person will get up and bring some bread. Well, he's, Jesus is talking about this in the context of prayer. And what it kind of sounds like is that God is really grouchy. And that what we're supposed to do is just harass God until God gives us what we want. Right? I mean, doesn't it kind of sound like that? Be persistent. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. Just keep praying until God finally gets out of bed and gives you what, you're, what you want. That can't be right. That, that can't be the correct interpretation. That can't be what Jesus means because that's not how we experience God, that God is the grouch and, and is reluctant to give and to share and that our job is to just harass God until we get what we want. So, you know, this week I bought a lottery ticket. And I was told this morning it's up to, what, $750 million, right? I'm praying over my lottery ticket. And I'm just going to keep praying until God gives me that lottery, right? Isn't that how it works? And It works like that until I realized everybody's praying over their lottery ticket, right? Um, No, no. Jesus isn't saying just keep praying and God will give you what you want. You can manipulate God. You can jimmy the cosmos. You can figure out a way to manipulate things to go your way. That, That can't be what Jesus is saying. So what does this parable mean? Well, what if God is the person knocking on the door and we're the ones in bed? We're the ones in bed. What if what Jesus is saying is God keeps coming to our door and knocking and banging and saying, hey, hey, I got a hungry people over here, got some hungry folks, they don't have food, they need help, will you help them? Hey, hey, we have some homeless moms over here working three jobs, trying to make ends meet, living in the car with her three kids, can you help, can can you provide some assistance and care? Hey, we've got some teens over here who are suicidal, thinking life doesn't matter anymore, they're not important, thinking they have no value, will you, will you help? And we're the ones inside going, you know, now's not a convenient time. I, I hear what you're saying, but that's your problem, not mine. I don't have enough time, I don't have enough resources, you're really complicating my life, God, by knocking so hard. And maybe we won't get out of bed because we love God, but, but, but because God is consistent and persistent. Have you ever had a call from God? Has God ever come knocking on your door, tapping on your shoulder, saying, hey, I, I'm calling you to this. I think you have the gifts for this. I think you have the ability for this, and I need you for this. And, and, and at first you go, oh, no, not me. No, 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 not me. I'm not that person. I can't do that. I, in, in fact, I don't have the time, the resources, and I, I don't even think I, 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 you know, God, what you're asking me to do is really going to complicate my life. I, I, I just can't do it. Does God stop? 
Does God stop coming, stop calling, stop tapping, stop knocking? No. God keeps coming because God is persistent. And God's calling us to get up and to go. You see, this where it says, uh, knock and the door will be opened, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find. That's not saying just go and ask God for whatever you want. Win the lottery, get that job, get an A on the test, make the cancer go away. God's not saying just ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. You really see the answer at the bottom of the, the passage, verse 13, where it says, God will happily, happily give the Holy Spirit to any who ask. That's what this is about. This passage is about receiving the Holy Spirit. And God is waiting. God wants to pour the Holy Spirit into every person. God can't wait to pour the Holy Spirit in. And Jesus is saying, just ask. When you're ready for the Holy Spirit, just ask. But be ready. Because when God pulls that, pours that Holy Spirit into you, things are going to change in you. You see, when God calls us and God pours that Holy Spirit in, we've got to let go of our ideas. We've got to let go of our will. We've got to let go of what we want. We've got to let go of our opinions. When God pours that Holy Spirit in, suddenly we begin to, to, to see and to feel and to experience through God's heart. So that when you see someone in need, you can't walk by. You, you, just, you can't walk by. You can't just keep going. When you see someone who's struggling, you, you can't look the other way. It's going to complicate your life. It's going to complicate your life. It's going to call you to make sacrifices. You're going to have to make time to serve God. You're going to have to be generous. You're going to have to, to, to use all that you are in God's service. Because isn't that what Jesus did? It's the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus that gets poured into us. And it now drives our lives. The Holy Spirit takes us where we're to go. The Holy Spirit calls us to use our gifts the way the Spirit needs us to. And we see that in Jesus. Do you ever notice that he could not walk past a hurting person? He couldn't do it. I don't have one example in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, where someone was struggling, someone was hurting, and Jesus just kept walking. He knew it, and he just kept on going. I don't have one example of that. Didn't matter where he was going, didn't matter how busy he was, didn't matter what, what, what he was called to do, he stopped. And he loved whoever it was that he was with in that moment. He listened to them. He cared for them. And even when he was arrested and one of his followers pulled out a sword and, and cut an ear off, one of the, 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 the soldiers there, a person there, Jesus, he, he stepped in, he stopped it. He said, put the sword away. This isn't how we do things. Yeah, I know I'm being arrested, but we're not going to respond with violence. We're not gonna respond with hatred. These are your siblings. These people arresting me, these are our siblings. These are children of God. We're not gonna attack them, even though they're attacking me. And they whipped him and they beat him and they humiliated him and they put him on a cross and he didn't mutter one curse. Not one curse back against them. He, he, he gave no violence back toward those who were attacking him, even the ones driving the nails through his hands and his feet, he said, forgive them. From the cross, he said, forgive them. 
And on the third day after Jesus died, God raised him from the dead to show us emphatically love and life win. Love and life win. The only question is, do we believe that? Do we believe that in our family systems where we have conflict and division, where we carry grudges and resentment against one another? If we truly believe that love and life win, then we're going to have hope for reconciliation. We're going to refuse to give up. Now, sometimes when people are engaging in destructive behavior, sometimes it's necessary and important to, to have some distance. You, you know what I'm talking about. We don't subject ourselves to abuse within systems, whether it's family, work, or whatever. But we don't respond with violence. We don't respond with evil. We don't respond with hatred. Our response back has to be love. It has to be compassion. It has to be forgiveness. Because in the end, all is forgiven. Think about that. In the end, all is forgiven. God's vision is to gather all together. If one is missing, God's not whole. If one is missing, God's not whole. God is the, which one of your kids and grandkids, great grandkids, you just want to kick out? Which one are we kicking out? You know, none. You can't, you can't do that because if one's not there, we're not whole. And God is that way. And so in the end, all is forgiven. And so we might as well get on to the forgiving today. If, it, if all are forgiven in the end, let's forgive today. Jesus, this, this prayer that he taught us, let's talk about that Lord's Prayer now. Our Father, it's not my, it's not my, it's our. This isn't about God and me, it's us. We're all children of God, we're related. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, who's us? Everybody. And if there's one person hungry today, it's our job to make sure they eat, they have food. If there's somebody who's cold, well, it's hard to be cold this time of year, but you know what I mean. If there's somebody outside, doesn't have shelter, doesn't have air conditioning, it's our job to help care for those in need. If there's somebody who's hurting, feels left out, feels as though they don't matter, it's our job to let them know that they're loved. That's what this prayer is. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Here, here, here on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses just as. How are we doing on that one? We got some work to do on that one, right? And lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Don't, don't let us be in situations that cause us to forget who we are. Don't, don't allow us to get into situations where, where we begin to think we're not connected to you or to others. Where we forget that we're children of God. Where, where we begin to think that it's all about me. It's all about uh, my getting what I want. Don't let me get there, God. Don't let me get there. That's what we're actually praying for. Help me with me so that I don't get to that place and think it's all about me, right? This is a powerful prayer. And have you ever noticed the Lord's Prayer is a prayer people from any faith tradition can pray? It's not just specific to Christianity. Any faith tradition, any person can say this prayer. It's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. And I know we have it memorized, but I think sometimes we take it for granted. We just say the words. So today, as I told the children, as we say the Lord's Prayer, pay attention to what you're praying. 
Because I don't believe we're praying to manipulate God. God doesn't need us to tell God what to do. You know that, right? God doesn't need us to tell God what to do. So Jesus taught us to pray in a way that teaches us, that reminds us, that tells us who we are and why we're here. So as we pray that prayer here in a moment, uh, at the time of communion, be aware of the words and then carry those words with you. How are you being called this week to live these words, to serve someone in need, to forgive better, to be constantly aware every day of who you are, uh, aware of your identity, aware of your purpose as the heart, hands, and feet of Jesus. And may we invite others into this, this way of life where we, we build life. We're not here to tear apart. We're not here to respond in violence. We're here to perpetuate life from generation to generation. May we live as people of God who are serving the way Jesus did. So when you see a homeless person, it breaks your heart. When you see someone in, in need or, or hunger, it breaks your heart. When, when you see somebody who is grieving or, or, or struggling with their own value, it breaks your heart and you can't just walk away. You've got to intervene. And I'm not saying you, you fix it. I'm saying you're just present. You're with them. And you let them know they matter and that love and life win. Cling to your trust in this God of life and truly live. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen.